0: Howdy, 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 and welcome to Thriving in the Transition, the podcast. Episode 18, people. We're almost at the end of season one, or at least what I'm going to call season one, which will be about 20 episodes. So this is huge for me. I'm humbled and blessed to be able to bring this podcast to you each and every week and to be a part of your lives. Yeah, I say it every week. But that's because I mean it every week. Your feedback, your encouragement, and connection make it all worthwhile. There's absolutely something special about being supported and supporting others. You know, it's kind of like a warm hug. Everyone should have that feeling. So thank you for providing me with that warm hug. Doing this and connecting with you is truly amazing and inspirational for me, and I hope you feel the same. So, yay me, yay you, and yay us. As we continue to grow and broaden our audience, give us that five-star rating. Follow us, subscribe, even add positive comments. Like us or give us a thumbs up. What I'm ultimately saying here, what I say every week, you should connect with us. You should engage with us. We're up now and available on Anchor FM, Apple Podcast, Breaker, Castbox, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public and Spotify. Simply search for us wherever it is that you listen a great podcast. We strive to be among that list of the great podcasts that you listen to rely upon and ultimately find useful. Here's a question for you. Why am I doing this? Anybody ever see Barry Gordy's The Last Dragon? It's a really good movie if you have it. Just enough cheese, a balance of action, and it's got vanity in it. But you should put it on your list if you haven't seen it. My point in bringing that up, I guess you could say I'm on a journey to find the final level. The level where thought becomes action, where you know without knowing. I want that glow. So you have to do some research, find the movie, and everything that I just said will make sense. The truth is that I simply want to practice what I preach. I absolutely believe that part of my purpose in this life is to connect with others and bring people together. I want to highlight and exemplify the fact And I'm going to call it a fact that we have more in common than we do in difference. Yeah, the differences are much easier to identify. But discovering and appreciating those commonalities, that is much more fun, much more exciting, and much more special. So, yeah, that's partly why I'm doing it. The other part, or the rest of the story... As to why I'm doing this is that I want to shine a light on those slightly enigmatic, charismatic, and inspirational people among us. I want to share their stories about thriving in and during transitions. The theory being that hearing from other people, hearing how they succeed, will give anyone that may be struggling the motivation or encouragement to continue and thrive in their own respective transitions. This week, I've got to tell you, it's really special. Yeah, I'm not the most impartial judge of that. I think every week is special, but this one is a big deal. I finally tackle that topic of humility. Some said it can't be done. Others said it can't be done by me, and that includes my wife. And I say that anything is possible with the right support And the right community. So this week, I brought in some reinforcements to help me sort out this whole humility thing. I call this group of folks the Humility All-Stars. And I'm talking about Sarah Zadigan and Steve Ryman. I wanted to simply have a conversation on the topic of humility and how, if at all, it shows up or plays a role during the transition. I really think you're gonna like what we came up with. We had a lot of fun, but you're gonna hear that when we get to that part. Now, as with most things, it had to start with a definition. We really couldn't come up with a single acceptable definition for humility that we all liked. So we created a working definition. And that working definition has a couple parts. One, There has to be recognition of a process, right? You have to recognize that you're in a process and humility is at work once you recognize that there's a process at play. It has to do something with your intention, right? What you want to do, how you do it, the goals you expect to achieve. There's this awesome thing that humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself Less, And then lastly, our working definition of humility is about understanding the impact on others and yourself. We simply call that awareness of your transition, where you are, and again, the impact on those folks around you. This topic is so big and powerful. We actually made it two parts. So this is part one. Episode 18 is part one. We'll cover part two in episode 19 next week. But episode 18, again, part one of our humility investigation, we're going to cover the definition of humility. We're going to talk about the language of transitions, and we're going to tackle the question why humility is important in transitions. And we're going to jump into this incredible topic right after this little break. Intro and outro music by Genesis 7. You can listen to more of his music on Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, or wherever you stream your music. Just search for Genesis 7. That is G-E-N-E-S-I-S and then the number 7 directly behind it. If you're interested in purchasing music from him, shoot him a note on the contact form on his website at genesis7productions.com.
1: Thriving in the transition, fans, welcome. I'm not even sure how to introduce this one. You you heard the setup in the introduction. We're going to talk about humility and its place in the transition and everything related or not. What I'm geeked about, what I'm super excited about, I've got two guests, a thriving of the transition first, two guests, and you know who they are already. I'm going to start with Sarah Zadigan is back, and Steve Ryman.
2: Sarah, Steve, welcome back, folks. Hi, thanks for having us.
3: Hey, so good to be back with you, Will. Hello again, Thriving in the Transition community. And hello, Sarah. And uh, Sarah, i got to tell you, I have been looking so forward <laughs> to meeting you ever since I heard your conversation with Will in Episode 16. Now, there's a reason why Will's laughing, and I'm going to get to that here in a second. <laughs> but let me just Okay. No, no, nope, nope, I got you. So for you Thriving in the Transition community, let me just say, if you missed Episode 16 with Sarah – Stop what you're doing right now, yes, stop this podcast, go back and listen. I thought you loved yourself. We talked about this. You need to love yourself. (laughs) You need to go back and listen to the episode because you have missed out on something absolutely fantastic. Before we get started, Sarah, can I ask you a question? Uh Uh-oh. Please, the fifth. I'm open. I'm open. Okay. So, Sarah, I distinctly remember in episode 16, you saying, and I quote, Uh-oh. good luck getting someone with humility to explain <laughs> what humility <laughs> is, by the way. And you went on to say, if anyone can do it, it's you, Will. But, wow, you've got your work cut out for you. Now, my question yeah, is I, this. How did, how did Will propose you doing this episode? That's what I want to
2: know.
1: Nice, Steve. Well, way to kick it off.
2: Well, you know, uh, where there's a will there's a way. Bye. Bye, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, I as soon as those words came out of my mouth, I thought, "Wow, I've just really backed myself into a corner here." And I had you, a You totally did. Was, yeah, it's, it's like I gave him a challenge, you know. Um but honestly, he asked me if I would be willing to have the conversation and I said, "I just I I don't know what I would want to say about it. And he said, I would really like for you to do this episode with Steve. And then I thought, okay, I'm, I'm good with that, because I've listened to the episodes of the podcast that you've come on, and I feel like you have such a fresh perspective and such a wholesome way of presenting your ideas. And I thought, you know what, this is just going to be a conversation with Steve three smart people, and it could be really fun. And maybe not knowing what I say is kind of the, the good part of it. And I just felt safe and comfortable with the two of you guys, and I thought I'd go for it. And so, okay,
1: it's seriously, love fest all the way around, but Sarah, you said something that is going to be the foundation for me in this conversation. You not knowing what to say is being okay. So a little foreshadowing, folks, that's going to be like my platform for why humility matters and how it plays out in the transition. It's all about that not knowing, but okay. I I got it started early and and maybe I cheated. I'm sorry. Um, So, well, so Steve, turn about Sarah play. How'd I wrangle you into talking about this? Because let me tell you after episode 16, after Sarah said that it was firmly planted that I had to do this. I've been talking about it probably the last six episodes and my wife, and you, you both know my wife, Kelly, she was like, what are you doing? You're the last person that should be talking about humility. When I think of you, it's not humble. And I'm like, thanks, honey. <laughs> <laughs> so, Steve, why are you here? How
3: did we get you back? Oh, I'm so glad you asked, Will. So here's the thing. So, Sarah, you need to know this. Will kept texting me and saying, you need to listen to Sarah's Zadigan. You need to listen to Sarah. You're going to love Sarah and what she has to say. And and then afterwards he said, have I got an idea for you once you listen to Sarah? And so it was only after listening to your episode did he then Tell me this monumental task that we've got in front of us that, uh, yeah, I I won't call it bait and switch because that would be (laughs) telling me that, hey, Tara's going to be tackling this issue with you and then come to find out that when I dial in, you're not here, that would be bait and switch. Oh, that would be a
1: big bait and switch.
3: Yeah, but certainly I think he buried the lead in the process. So, you know, here we are. I don't know, Sarah, if we should be nodding our heads and saying, thank you, Will, for your confidence in us, or if we should be shaking our heads and going, what are you trying to do to us, Will? I guess
2: we'll just have yeah. to wait
3: till the end of the podcast to
2: find out for and sure. Figure it out for sure, yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay, you, you both should be nodding your heads and saying, thank you, Will, for the vote of confidence, because the reality is maybe my first attempts at humility in, in public folks, that, that's not true well, maybe a little. I couldn't have done it without you like I was there's no way I was going to try and tackle this alone. And hearing and understanding and seeing the response that folks have had to your episodes and you as people and the powerful things that you both said, you know, Sarah, everything that you said about being in the arena and dusting yourself off and growth and being comfortable with discomfort. And Steve, your your sense of humor and your take on the world, and really you serve community uh, on a platter. And I think every guest after you, Steve, has somehow talked about community. I'm like, there are no two better people to talk about this. That's why you're here. As, of course, in addition to being people that I love and trust and respect and and all that goodness.
2: So, yes,
1: you you both should be smiling and nodding. This is going to be an awesome thing.
2: Well, something that you said, not to, like, derail where, where you want to go, you said, you know, Kelly had suggested that maybe you were not the ideal person to be leading a conversation on humility. Did you ask her any follow-up questions about why? Because that whole statement is related to something that I've been thinking about humility while i was trying to figure out, like, what in the world I am want to talk about. Um, so I would be curious to hear, Did did she tell you why? And she, she did, and
1: I, I absolutely had follow-up questions. After I was trying to decide whether or not I, sh- I should be hurt or upset or just see where the conversation goes, so I, I went along, and I'm like, well, what do you mean? I said, I think there are times I'm humble. Yes, I've, I've got a towering strength in self-confidence, and to me there is a big difference with being confident and things like arrogant and conceited and there are times where I, I very much am humble. And we, we talked about it. She's like, yeah, I see that. But her view of humility and those people that are truly humble, I think she's very much thinking people that don't stand out, people that don't like the spotlight, which you know is partly, I think, her stuff. And maybe you get into some introvert versus extrovert kind of stuff as well. Uh, but she, she agreed, yet that wasn't exactly what she meant to say, and then she apologized. She's like, no, I didn't mean that in an offensive way. And I'm like, no, I, I knew you didn't. But that's why this topic, I think, is such a challenge. So, yeah, we had more discussions and still no firm conclusions, but that's why this think tank is on the phone. But what were you thinking, Sarah? So
2: so what I, I was thinking about – and. Kelly's comment just really sort of set it up for me too. And I'm not sure I can articulate this well. And, and Steve, feel free to, to chime in if necessary. For me, the idea of humility is a lot to unpack. And I do tend to have that idea of like people that are humble are, are quiet, that they're not going to uh, tout their own strengths or anything like that. And I've struggled with the idea I, – I, I get that – Arrogance is, you know, maybe an excessive self-confidence to some people. I think for me, arrogance is more of a I'm better than you sort of where it's coming Mm. from is a comparison versus, you know, just this is where I am in and of myself. And when I think about arrogance like that and I then think about humility, I think about humility is more like a contentment with where you are in your process, and but I struggle sometimes with that the relationship between humility and arrogance and knowing your value. You talked about mm. um, you talked about that in one of your recent podcasts, like you know, chance favoring the prepared mind. You talk about knowing your value and being able to assert your value. And so for me, the gray area becomes where is knowing my value and being able to clearly articulate that and not be arrogant. And I think that gets me back to that humble idea of of being the humble is not the competition. The humble is where I am and my awareness with me and my transition. And I can clearly say I have value and I can articulate those values. But it isn't a competition thing because it's for me, that's where I am right now. These are skills that I have. And I think that transitioning and moving forward and continuing to grow is key. And so I don't feel like I'm doing anything amazing because I'm supposed to be transitioning and growing. And so I don't need to throw it out there that I'm so amazing in comparison to other people. I know that's a lot to unpack. What do you guys think?
3: Ooh, so... I'll let you jump in. Yeah, so there's a lot there that you said, Sarah, that I, th- I would love to expand on. And so, you know, a couple of things I'll just kind of throw out here is... And this is something Will and I talked about in episode five. Whenever we were talking about strengths, and I had recently just gone through a personal branding class and had uh, gone through Clifton Strengths, and really loved that that whole assessment and trying to find out, you know, what do I enjoy, what motivates me. And one of the things I found is input. And so it's not going to come as a surprise to Will that I did a little bit of preparation for today and <laughs> looked up all the different things. Olga, yeah, I can't help it i just i thrive on input and so a couple of things i'll outline here that i would love to get into that you're you're also getting into as well is, you know, so what's the definition of humility? And certainly it sounds like between what Kelly had to share, Will, and kind of what you see as humility might be two different things, so I'd love to explore that. But I do think there is something there about, you know, your own personality and the way you then come across to others, and I would love to, to delve into that a little bit further. And then the other thing I'll throw out there is, you know, what does humility look like in your own personal life and then what does humility look like in your professional life? Because those can be two very mm, different very arenas different. as well. Yeah. So I would love to to just expand on all of that here. So no, I think you're you're right on. And I would throw out there, so what is a good definition of humility for all of us? And I know it can can vary, obviously as we've seen here with the example of Kelly's definition, but is there a particular definition that you would use? I'm just curious.
1: So that was going to be one of my leading questions, and I, again, love you guys, and we we got to there very quickly. So, of course, I, I Googled it, right? Humility definition. Most everything that came up started with something like a modest or low view of one's own importance, and then they refer humbleness. So everything comes back to uh, being humble. And I think a lot of the way that I personally define it is close to I mean, you, you two both kind of hit on it, right? It's it's not necessarily blowing your your trumpet and standing up there or beating your chest and saying, Hey, look at me, look at me, look at how great I am. I, and I, I think, you know, let you to keep me honest, I think that's the way most people think of being humble or humility. And I think I, that's the way I would define it as well.
3: Sarah?
2: Yeah, I did the same thing. I mean, I went and looked up the definitions and came across basically the same thing that you did. Um, I had a very visceral response when I read it because, you know, language is important to me. And I, yep. I even talked in episode 16 about how the language that we choose to use frames everything. And, and I'm glad that we're starting out with a definition of humbleness and, and humility but I read that and I was like, "Well, great, that doesn't help me." <laughs> like the, the humble is is being humble. Like, yay, good word. Right. Um, I, so, and that's where I think that's why I started thinking about like, well, what does it mean to me, and how do I unpack it and pull it apart from from some of these other ideas, and where do I stand? I don't know that I necessarily. Agree with it being a lack of one's importance. Um, and, And maybe that's just because I try to define it in terms of myself. And I would, if you asked me how I feel about myself, I would probably say I'm not going above and beyond doing anything like incredibly amazing in this world. But I would never tell you that I'm not important. Right. I so, would identify as humble, but I would not identify as being unimportant. And, and so I think I struggle with that aspect of the definition as well.
1: Totally agree. And so, Sarah, I, I am definitely leaning towards your camp. And ultimately where I wound up for me, the best way to understand humility or the concept of humble is with the counter example. And those counter examples being conceit or arrogance. So to me, humility is the opposite of those. And I think people get a better definition or understanding or picture of conceit and arrogance. So being humble is the opposite of that to me. And that's mm-hmm. sort of the, the space where I play because the definition of humility and humble is so so vague. And yeah, that, you know, not being important or, or playing down one's importance, that's that's a hard pill to swallow that's, that's a challenge for me because self-confidence is one of my strengths. And Sarah, you, you mentioned it in your episode as well, and I am, which is why I think to some folks I definitely don't come off as humble because of the self-confidence because I, I do understand my value. I do understand my importance, but I'm not going to put it on a T-shirt necessarily and you know walk around town with a neon light flashing and be like, look at me, look at me says the guy that is hosting a podcast. But that's, that's where I am. <laughs> but I
2: also think and this relates directly to your idea of hosting a podcast too, I think it's what you do with that self confidence yeah. that makes it different, that yeah. dictates arrogance or humbleness, right? Like if you have that self confidence and you go to Steve and you say, I'm so amazing, you're not, which I know you would never say <laughs> to Steve.
1: Um Well let's he not. I yeah. may have already
2: Yeah. Well, well I a mean, long maybe, maybe over the course of 30 years, maybe you've said that once or twice. But you get my point, right? If you take that self-confidence and you go and attack someone with it, to me that puts you in the arrogance camp. Yeah. If you take that yeah. self-confidence and you take that knowledge of I do have value and that value is to empower other people, I don't think that puts you in the arrogance camp. I think that puts you in a humble camp because your reason is to continue the transition for yourself and for other people and recognizing that that growth and that transition is the purpose of why we're here. That puts you in the humble camp for me.
1: Nice. And so what I'm I'm hearing very clearly is that a, a strong component of the definition of humility or being humble is intention. Like, what do you plan to do, or not do? Is that fair?
2: Yeah, I think I think it's intention and recognition of being in a process. Like, okay, I I am feel like, and this is I know I'm not being articulate about it, and I've been frustrated because I spent so much time like actually thinking through this idea Um, but I'm glad to be at like this little Socratic table together with you guys I think that for me the arrogance thing distracts from the fact that this is just a normal process and we're trying to experience it recognition of the process and that everybody's going to be going through this process and everybody is going to be growing yes is a huge part of the of humility. So I would say recognition of the process and then intention of what you plan to do with your, your skills is those two things have to be in that definition for me.
1: Nice. I will buy that I would, what what do you think, Steve?
3: I was going to say, I agree with that, and actually I came across a couple of definitions that I'm going to start with one here that I think you'll both like. And so maybe both of you might be familiar with uh, Pastor Rick Warren, who is both pastor and an author. He uh, wrote The Purpose Driven Life, and there's been a few books you know, over the course of my adult life that i've you know can still really um, quote from or that had had such a, a a huge impact on me and was really kind of a foundation for the way i think and one of the things he said in the purpose-driven life about humility is humility is not thinking less of yourself it's thinking of yourself less see the difference all nice. right the other thing i'll throw out that. there yeah and i think that that exactly with what you're saying about you know the the very definition that we're talking about here i will also say one other definition i found came out of the journal of positive psychology which hey if you're going to find a a definition about something along these lines the journal of positive psychology seems like a good place to look right and it says humility involves a an accurate view of self and b Uh the ability to regulate egotism and cultivate an other-oriented stance. And that's what I would say is, and Sarah, you said the word awareness before, and I wholeheartedly agree with that. Humility really means awareness in two fronts, in my opinion. Awareness of your your own impact on yourself and the impact you have on others. To me, it's all about awareness. A thousand percent.
1: And Steve, you just triggered something. Sarah, in our episode 16, one of the things you said that stuck with me when you were talking about being comfortable with discomfort, you talked about how you being comfortable with discomfort can make other people uncomfortable. There's that awareness and that being and understanding, yes, who you are, knowing self, but also knowing the potential impact on others. So I think you've got a much better understanding of humility than you thought you did
2: well thank you I think it helps to be sitting here discussing it with the two of you guys and getting that extra you know reinforcement or a different perspective Um, see I do love that you brought the Journal of Positive Psychology into it as someone who had a career in psychology research I really appreciate that and that was an excellent find
1: it really was welcome yeah both of those so okay The definition of humility, as as we're going to work with for the rest of this conversation, uh, one, recognition that there's a process, right? You, You have to understand your own intentions, which bleeds into knowing yourself. And Steve, that quote, it's not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. And also this awareness and understanding the impact of others. Did I capture everything or did maybe a more accurate, did I miss any big chunks in, in sort of the working definition of humility for us?
2: I feel I pretty it. good about that working definition. Okay,
1: yeah. I, I couldn't answer any more there. So, okay, so we, we, we've got humility and being humble defined loosely, at least <laughs> for this, this call right now. Now, the question of all questions, why does humility matter in a transition? Mm. Bum, Steve, bum, I was bum. really
2: hoping you'd jump out there on that. One. <laughs> right? Wow! Wow!
3: Well, so okay, I'll I'll tackle this one. So, um, so what did we just say as far as our definition? So we just said that it's about knowing your awareness of yourself and awareness of others. So you know, I go back to something that you said earlier, Will. Um, regarding knowing yourself and about the role arrogance plays. And, you know, in episode 12, which was Lucy's episode, she talked about the importance of understanding yourself and purpose, right? And so I completely wholeheartedly agree with that and believe that we need to do everything that we can and take advantage of opportunities to to get to know who we are, right? And so one of the things I would throw out there is when I went through that uh, personal branding class, I actually utilized uh, the site truity.com. I hope I'm saying that right, www.truity.com, where you can go out and do one of the, the personality tests, the typefinder personality tests, and as some people might know. There's 16 different personalities with that. Uh, If you go out to the website that I just gave you, there's a free version that you can get as far as a report, and then there's a $19 full report version that you can get. But I will tell you, if you go to RetailMeNot.com, they've got a $10 off code, so I highly recommend (laughs) saving a (laughs) little money when you do it.
1: Dude, you are so full service. It's not even fun.
3: That's (laughs) the the kind of research and value I try to bring. Anyway, (laughs) so I say that all to say that you know, as you go through and you do these, one of the, or it gives you four different um, sections basically in some of these reports. One's an overview, one's strengths, the other one's uh, career and relationships. Now, I'm just telling you, as far as if you want a good ex- exercise to strengthen your own humility, take the assessment so you know more about you, then read the assessment out loud and do so in front of your family especially your spouse. Will, I see you doing this in front of Kelly. I just Ah. see this happening. And then whenever you're reading it, insert your name in the third-person format when you're reading it out loud in place of any pronouns or the personality type that's mentioned in the report. And let me tell you what this ends up doing. This really ends up positioning what is said as a literal observation of you. And what also adds to that element is it adds an element of validation to it, right, because it sounds like it's a third person and then it's an assessment of you. And so in saying this, I'm going to just point out because, you know, you brought up arrogance a lot, and that's one of the things that for me in my assessment, I am an ENTJ, right? And so what that what that ends up being is known as the commander. And you're considered organized, strategic, so on and so forth. And one of the weaknesses of an ENTJ is arrogance. So as you two kept talking about arrogance, I just kept thinking to myself, yep, that is part of the problem, I think, as you're knowing who you are and then also trying to understand how others can sometimes see you. And so with the ENTJs, they respect respect strategic thinking, quick wits, decisive action, and look down on those who don't match up. And so while being sure of yourself can only be a good thing, right, it also translates to arrogance in some people's eyes, and especially in those who maybe don't put in as much effort or don't have the same courage in their convictions as well. So I say all this to say, during a time of transition, um, those times can be extremely stressful, right? And so I think it's equally as important not only to know who you are, but know how you come across, because that's when people are sometimes the most sensitive. Um, And Mm. it certainly adds elements of trust, right? We can certainly explore that as well. But um, that's when people are really trying to know, okay, are you going to be there for me? Or are you now taking a less of a, a self um, less of an approach of helping others or focus on others and are you turning that inwards, if that makes sense? I don't know. Does any of that make sense what I'm what I'm saying?
1: It makes total sense, and I love that you referenced Lucy Coelho, and perhaps next iteration of this will we'll have Lucy on as well. Then it'll be a party. But she <laughs> She's a, a big proponent of strengths as well. And she's got this concept and that she pushes around strengths called basements and balconies. And basically it's the, the high points and the low points of the results of the strengths finders assessment. Right. So Steve, you talked about, you know, arrogance being a, a lookout. I talked about one of my strengths being self assurance or self confidence. But there's this old saying, right, any strength overused is a weakness. And I think that's absolutely what you're pointing at. So if I, in a transition, were to simply depend on self-confidence or self-assurance as my go-to all the time, there is a very real and clear perception of arrogance or conceit. So you need that awareness to be like, okay, can't be the – one trick pony i have to be aware of me i have to be aware of the surroundings. i have to be aware of my community otherwise that basement perception right that overused strength could work against me it it, that mess with what you said steve and sarah i'd love to get your take on this yeah it really does
3: and so go ahead sarah
2: no 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 it's okay You, you finish your thought and then i'll go
3: Well, so I'll say this, Will. So, you know, when I think about this and how detrimental, you know, that inward self or inward focus can be. So if you think about this and kind of what I had mentioned a little bit earlier, you know, break it down into a personal arena versus a professional arena. So in the personal arena, it can be so detrimental to to lose sight of humility because when you take your focus off of others, then who's your focus on? And it's on you, right? And when your focus is on yourself, or I'll just say it flat out in the first person, when I have done this in the past, because certainly I'm not perfect by any means, but when my focus gets put in inward on me, I can spend too much time in my own head, right? And then from there, those perceived problems, they just seem to grow and they become perpetual. And as you just said, and I love the word community, we are designed for community. Uh, Maybe that needs to be my epitaph, is that we are designed for community. And it's our community that will be there for us and us for them during times of transition. Now, when times of transitions are upon us professionally, this can also be tricky too, right? Because for many reasons, and one reason is personal interest and agendas and competition sometimes in the professional arena can take on a whole nother life you know, in and of themselves. And with that transition comes uncertainty. And one of the things that I absolutely love studying about in psychology is how, um, how fear of loss can be such a driving factor for so many people and can be a, a real motivator. So you look at things like losing potentially safety, status, achievement, promotion, income, all those things. And so, yeah, to me, it makes a a big difference between, say, collaboration versus competition. But again, the role of community and how team members coming together, bringing their strengths together, can make all the difference in the world. So, Sarah, any thoughts?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think one thing that I like that both of you gentlemen brought up was just that the idea of awareness and from different perspectives, right? Like, Steve, I think your first comments were really good at identifying humility and how that plays into your community's perception of your availability for them, which I think is, is a crucial point, right? That's that's the thing if we – when we were first were discussing, like, what is humility, that was one of the points that – differentiating between arrogance and humility. That humility seems to be aligned with your community feeling like you are – available, will brought it up on a much more, you know, personal awareness sort of level. And I think that's key, absolutely key, too. And I think also your awareness, it's easy for us to say, like, I'm aware of my strengths or I'm aware of uh, certain needs. But I think it's also important to make sure that we're focused on being aware of being in the transition, too, and what comes along with that transition. You know, Will and I spent an hour and a half probably talking about being uncomfortable, being comfortable in the uncomfortable. That transition is an awareness of, okay, I am uncomfortable. Am I uncomfortable because there's growth and change happening, or am I uncomfortable because something is wrong? Am I uncomfortable because I'm not using those skills that I have that are excellently developed? Or am I uncomfortable because something is not right that needs to be addressed, if that makes sense?
1: Totally makes sense. And it leads to another question, uh, of course, as these conversations do. But I, I don't want to leave this if we're not ready to. We okay for me to throw another question on top of everything else? And and I, I think we're making good progress, guys. I think folks are going to really like what we're saying. So we, we've given folks a, a working definition of humility. Uh, we've talked about why humility is important in transitions. I suspect we're going to throw some more stuff there. But I've, I've got another question if we're ready for it.
0: Well, you're going to have to wait until next week for us to get into that next question. Right now... We're going to pay some bills and then bring this particular episode to an end. You know, folks, as always, I can't thank Sarah and Steve enough for their tips, their tricks, their vulnerability, their sharing of themselves. And with that, here's a quick recap of our conversation on humility. Up to this point, remember, you get the second part of this conversation next week. So today we talked about the language we use to frame humility and transitions is everything. It's all about the language. You have to remember not to spend too much time in your own head, right? Because any perceived problems that you have tend to grow and expand. When you move focus from others, there's only one place left to focus, and that's on yourself. You have to distinguish between the personal or the professional arena. Humility can play out or be rewarded, received, recognized in different ways, depending on if it's personal or professional. We'll touch a little bit more on this next week. And then the last thing that we covered this week, you have to be aware of yourself. You have to be aware of your community, and you have to be aware of your environment in general, especially during times of transition. That's when things are so much more critical. You're so much more sensitive. Everyone else is so much more sensitive. Remember, your world has been turned upside down. What you knew is no longer. That's why you have to have that awareness. There were so many relevant and amazing things that we talked about. But what's really cool, there's so much more to come. So keep in mind, again, this is only part one of a two-part series. And our goal, to be honest, is just simple and plain conversations about humility and how it impacts transitions. So tune in next week for more from the Humility All-Stars and how you can better thrive in the Transition. Well, that brings us to the end of Thriving in the Transition, episode 18. Thank you for joining. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to be myself. If you're getting something from this little podcast, go ahead and give us that elusive five-star rating wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. Be sure to subscribe. Add us to the list of other great podcasts that you listen to. Follow me on Twitter and Facebook at Logic Consulting, L-O-G-I-Q Consulting. Also, follow me on Instagram. Hit me up on the gram at Logic Coach at L-O-G-I-Q underscore coach. You know what? Also, follow me on Spotify at GQ Down, G-Q-D-O-W-N. And not just the podcast. Listen to and follow our playlist. Guess what it's called? Thriving in the Transition, The Music. Reach out to me on LinkedIn at DJ Woolrock. Don't forget about the YouTube channel, appropriately named Thriving in the Transition. And yeah, there's a website too. www.thrivinginthetransition, all one word.com. Take a look around, see how else we can connect. I do speaking engagements, coaching, and consulting. I'll even pose for pictures with your 98-year-old grandmother. Grandmothers love me. Go figure. Lastly, if you're interested in supporting this podcast and helping us grow, send me an email, send me a tweet, shoot me an IM, slide in the DMs, whatever your communications weapon is, I'll be receptive. You'll find a sponsorship button on my homepage on anchor.fm, www.anchor.fm forward slash TITT, TITT for thriving in the transition. Again, look for that support button. But most importantly, don't keep this to yourself. I know that the humble man moves in silence, but it's okay. Make some noise about this. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your coworkers and any other group that I missed. We're all about inclusion here. Besides, it's important to keep your community in the loop. They help keep you honest. And you just may find out that you are the master that you've been seeking. Until the next episode, cheers. Have a great day, folks.